Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin.
Thank you, Ms. Ginger. Thank you. So beautiful. Well, this morning I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis as we continue looking at the life of the man of faith, Abraham, father of many nations. And uh, in this uh, passage that we're going to be looking at, we've entitled, God Fulfills His Promises to Abraham. And, uh, well, let's read through uh, these uh, different passages first. And then we'll begin to comment. So, Genesis chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time of which God had spoken to him, and Abram called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was one hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, we come to you again in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we ask, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts, touch each heart, open our understanding. Speak to us, O Lord, out of your holy word, to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus. For it is in his name that we pray and give thanks. Amen. And so Sarah gives birth to Isaac. The scripture says that the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. And you'll recall back in Genesis 18.10 that the Lord had visited Abraham together with two angels and said that according to the time of life that in the coming year Sarah would have a son. And you'll recall that she laughed when she heard that because she was, she was in the tent listening to what was being spoken out there. And when she heard that, the Bible says she laughed within herself. She found it humorous, the idea that she would have a baby because at that particular moment in time, she was about 89 years old. <laughs> right? And when she actually gave birth, she was 90. So the idea that she was going to have a child, she found to be very funny. And then the Lord said... Why did, why did she laugh? <laughs> and uh, she was worried. She didn't realize that he knew what was going on in her mind and in her heart. And then she said, well, I, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. He said, oh, yes, you did laugh. <laughs> Which is a lesson to us that God knows everything that goes on in our lives. You cannot hide anything from God. And the Bible goes on and it says, And Sarah conceived. And you know how all of that is done, all right? <laughs> so when you talked about Abraham, 
being 99 and, uh, and Sarah being 89. My goodness, you see. And then, of course, we read that at that set time of which God had spoken to him, this little baby boy was born. With Abraham 100 years old and uh, Sarah 90. And notice that Sarah conceived. Sarah, it's very important. You may wonder why she's mentioned so many times. Because there can be no question as to who this woman was that gave birth to Isaac. Sarah at 90 years old. A miraculous birth. Something that only God can make possible. Amen. And Abraham names his son, whom Sarah born to him. You notice that? Not Hagar. Not some other woman. Sarah. Sarah. Isaac. And his name means laughter. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yitzhak, they say it in, in Hebrew. Yitzhak, meaning laughter. The idea that a woman at 90 years old and a man at a 100 years old would have a child. A child of promise, a very special child. And we're going to look at Isaac next week. Now, he is part of this story here that as, we, as we move forward. But we're going to look specifically at his, at his life next week. So as we continue, we're going to move into Genesis chapter 22. And we're going to pass over some information that's uh, in the, the rest of the chapter, but we'll, we'll look at some of that uh, next week as it deals with Isaac and Ishmael and that whole uh, situation there. But as we continue looking at the life of, of Abraham, in chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Very important. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father? And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son... God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. 
And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its, thor- by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. What a test, what a trial, what an opportunity. The proof of genuine faith. The Lord says, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. And as we'll discuss next week, you'll recall that Ishmael, the son of Abraham and Hagar, they had both been driven away. And Isaac was truly the son of promise. For Ishmael is the son of Abraham's flesh, but Isaac is the son of promise. A spiritual blessing. But he's to take his son that he waited a hundred years for. Can you imagine? and offer him as a burnt offering. You see, there in the land of Canaan, which is Israel, the Canaanites lived. And in their religion, they sacrificed their children to their false gods. So the test for Abraham was whether or not he loved and would obey God as much as the pagans did their God. You see? Would he love his God and would he obey his God as much as the pagans worship and love their false gods? Now notice, it says that Abraham rose early and God told him, I will tell you where to go. You'll recall when God called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees, he said, get up and go to a land that I will show you. 
he was to get up and he was to go. He was to just go in the direction that God would lead him by faith. His entire life was one of faith. And real faith needs to be tested. You see, today's Christianity is a kind of um, rosy posy ice cream feather bed Christianity. <laughs> if, if the message goes a little too long, or if you don't get out by 12 o'clock, now I realize we have to be out because we, we lease this route. But you know, in so many churches, if, if the service isn't done by 12 o'clock, then they generally have roast preacher for lunch. <laughs> and you know, if it's, if it's too hot in the sanctuary, oh, somebody has to complain about it. If it's too cold, they have to complain about it. Abraham rose early in the morning. You notice he didn't complain. It doesn't say that he complained. It doesn't say that he that he began to argue or to fuss with God. Do you read that there? No, it doesn't say that. It does not say that. He didn't fuss, and he didn't shake his fist and say, this isn't fair, like so many people say today. You don't have to live very long to discover that life isn't fair. Right? <laughs> So he rose early, and notice he went to the place of which God had told him. He was obedient. Obedient. Oh, that Christians today would truly be obedient. Most Christians today are so self-centered, arrogant, and proud. Said, If someone asks them to do something, or someone directs them to do something, the first thing they do is fuss. They fuss. But what they ought to do is say, well, thank you for asking me. Let me pray about it. And as the Lord leads. And then actually do as the Lord leads. So Abraham worships God. Notice, Abraham is walking with Isaac and his two young men. He tells the two young men as they come to the mountain. They believe the mountain is Mount Moriah in the land of Moriah. And interestingly, Mount Moriah is also the mount upon which the temple was to be built. Let's see. So he tells the young men, you stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go, and he says, and we will come back to you. You see, Abraham knew that God had made a promise to him, and what was that promise? That he was going to bless him, and that his descendants were going to be innumerable, like the stars of the heavens. Now over in the book of Hebrews, the writer writes that Abraham was willing to take his son. And he, he received his son 
as it were, back from the dead because he believed that the God who directed him to take and offer his son was able to raise his son up from the dead. See, Abraham knew that God had made this promise, and so if he would, God told him to sacrifice him, he was going to sacrifice him because God would bring him back from the dead. Amazing, isn't it? And so he, he goes and he takes his son. Now, Isaac, Isaac says, Now, Dad, we've got the wood and the, and the fire, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, can you imagine, can you imagine the, what's going on in the heart of Abraham? Now, I don't know if any of you in here have, if you know what it is to, to take the life of an animal, let alone the life of a, of a human being. But consider taking the life of your own child. Especially one who is a child of promise, like Isaac. Abraham says, my son, God will provide himself the lamb. So they go on up. He builds an altar. Generally, they would build an altar of, of stone. They would just place a stone. And then, can you imagine what's going through Isaac's mind when his dad says, I need to bind you and places him on the altar? Isaac realizes that he's the offer. Imagine. Now, he's, he's, a, he's a young boy here. But he, he, he may be in his early teenage years. Abraham's a hundred years old. You suppose he could have run away? And I seriously doubt Abraham would have been able to catch up with him. Or maybe he could have overpowered him. And how many kids today do you think would be as obedient as Isaac? Which is a, which is a sad commentary on the state of respect and parental honor in the United States of America. But he allows his father to place him on this altar. He submits. He's willing to be sacrificed in obedience to his father. Tremendous lesson for young people today. Now, young people today want to tell their parents, right? Not listen to them. And then he takes the knife. He takes that knife and he's, he's about to slit his son's throat. You picture this. And immediately, the angel of the Lord, God speaks to Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. Do not lay your hand on the lad, nor do anything to him. Oh, what a relief. Okay. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the joy? I wonder, Abraham 
might have broken down into tears if he wasn't crying already. I imagine that Isaac might have been crying and filled with terror himself. And oh, what a relief for him. <laughs> the joy. I can't imagine the, the emotional impact as they looked at one another. Can you imagine? And God. God is always right on time. God is never late. God is always right on time. And so what does Abraham see? <laughs> the scripture says, he sees a ram caught by its horns in a bush. And you'll recall that he told his son, God will provide himself a lamb. God provided a choice sacrifice, the ram. You see, Isaac, in, in theological terms, is what we refer to as a, a typology of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Abraham is a typology of God the Father. Here you have the father, Abraham, being willing to sacrifice his only son. And God our Father, who gave his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, Isaac raised from the death, as it were, symbolically. And today we studied the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We serve a living Savior, the Lord Jesus. And so Abraham, I'm sure he was filled with thankful, thankful praise, calls the place in the Hebrew, Yahweh Yireh. Some people pronounce it Jehovah Jireh, but it's, it's in the Hebrew, it's, it's Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide, or in the mountain of the Lord, it will be seen. That is, God will see to it that it is done. God provides for his people. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And then again, the scripture says that God speaks to Abraham. And he says, now I know. Now God knows everything before it happens. And the Bible uses what is referred to as anthropomorphic terms. It's a fancy word which means human language to describe the divine and his interaction with us. Because God already knew. But the word in Hebrew is the word yada, which means to know. And that's the same word that's used of, of Adam and Eve when it says, and Adam knew his wife. The, the experience of them coming together in relationship. You see, Abraham demonstrated his faith in God's trustworthiness. And he demonstrated that, and to, together, Abraham, Isaac, and God the Father witnessed Abraham's 
faithfulness. And so in response, God says, surely because you have done this, because it was never God's intent for Abraham to sacrifice his son, he was put on trial. He was given an opportunity to demonstrate his love and obedience. And he, he succeeded in the test. What a test. And so God said, in blessing, I will bless you and I will multiply your descendants and make them innumerable like the stars of heaven. And you well know that Abraham is not only the father of the Jewish people, but he is also the father of the Arab people. Because through his son Ishmael, the Arab people have come into, into being. So you have all of the various Arab nations and the billions of people, as well as the scripture teaches that we as Christians are the spiritual children of Abraham. It's amazing. And that the blessing that God spoke over Abraham, you see, we share in that blessing. That all the nations of the world would be blessed as a result of Abraham's faithfulness. And so what do we learn here? Tremendous amount of information. When Abraham spoke to the young men and also to his son, I want to quote this from the uh, a writer in the uh, Broadman uh, commentary. He says, Abraham simply spoke the words of trust that would be fulfilled beyond his comprehension. When he told the guys that he, would, that he and his son would return, and when he told Isaac, God will provide. He didn't know exactly how all this was going to turn out. He just trusted. Trusted God. What is God calling you to do? Where is God calling you to go? What is God calling you to give? And are you willing to do it? Notice, he got up early in the morning. He didn't delay. He didn't say, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to do my best to hold on to him as long as I can. No, he got up early in the morning. Some scholars say he got up so early in the morning before Sarah got up because he didn't want to have to tell her where he was going. Can you picture that? Picture him telling his wife, well, this son that God has given to us, he's now commanded me to sacrifice. But he gets up early in the morning. So what did we learn? God fulfills his promises. His word is true. God's word is trustworthy. It's true. It's dependable. It works. It works. 
If you live by God's word, you will discover that God's word works. Amen. God's word is true. And sometimes, sometimes, you'll say something, you'll speak something, just like what Abraham did, and it will be fulfilled beyond your comprehension. My oldest son and his wife had been married about uh, close to 10 years or so, and they were having a difficulty having uh, children. So he called me, and we were talking, and I was speaking with them, and, and he was pretty discouraged, etc., etc. And I, I said, Well, you never know, Michael. The Lord may give you three adults. <coughs> And uh, a year later, he and his wife had triplets. <laughs> sure enough. And on top of that, they were born on April the 1st. <laughs> Absolutely. When Cheryl was... Uh, pregnant for the second time. I was sitting by myself and it just came to me that she was going to have a girl. And so it came up with the name Eden Celeste. Eden because Eden is the Hebrew word for delight. Celeste is Latin for heaven. Our heavenly delight. And sure enough, the doctor pulled that little baby out and said, well, you have a little girl. <laughs> God is able to do things that just completely, in a respectful manner, blow your mind. Just absolutely incredible. God fulfills his promises, his word is true. And God is omnipotent. That means that he is all-powerful. And he commands, he says, and it is done. Now, it may not happen until 2,000 or 3,000 years down the road. But in the Hebrew, there's this term called the perfect. When, when something is in the, in the perfect tense, it means it's completed. It's complete. When God says that it's going to be done, it's done even though it may be 3,000 years down the road. Jesus will return one day. Jesus is coming back. God's word is true. And God rewards faithful obedience. True faith holds nothing back. True faith holds nothing back. Or in other words, it doesn't make excuses. One of the most frustrating things for, for pastors is the number of excuses that they hear from those within their congregation. Excuses for not being willing to serve in some capacity. You see, for Abraham, God was life. The Apostle Paul put it this way. For me to live is Christ, and to die is more Christ. Amen? Amen? For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. That is, 
More Christ. Abraham didn't make excuses. He did exactly what God told him to do. All the Christians today would do exactly what God tells them to do. To live by his word. To share his message. To share the truth. To stand up for the truth. God rewards faithful obedience. It demonstrates genuine trust. And then, where God guides, God provides. God provides. God leads you in a particular direction. He leads you into a particular ministry. He provides. He will provide. And then, Remember that God provides. And I put that in the present tense because, yes, Jesus went to the cross in the past, but God is still providing that forgiveness that is made possible through the work of his Son. It has ongoing effect and power. God provides his Son, Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb. And in the Gospel of John we read, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the message that the world needs to hear. That's the message that we are to proclaim. Oh, the world loves to celebrate Christmas. Why? Because it's all about receiving gifts. Especially little kids. Oh, I wonder what I'm going to get this year. Oh, I wonder what I'm going to get. And we understand that. The innocent desire to, to receive. But the greatest gift, the greatest gift in all of life, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Life in Him. And at this time of the year, people generally are more open to hearing about the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to be a witness for the Lord. Share Christ with others. Share Christ with with others, especially with those whom you love and those that you interact with, even if it may be at the supermarket or the department store. Because at this time of the year, those stores are packed with people and those poor people who work in the stores. Can you imagine the abuse that they take, especially when the item isn't what or uh, the item isn't necessarily how it's described. <laughs> okay. So today, the question is, what is God calling upon you to do? Where is he calling upon you to go? What is he calling upon you to give? Only you and God can answer that. We're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation softly and tenderly. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is called. You come, you make your decision for the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we enter into this time of invitation, we pray for those who need to make a decision, whether it's to accept Jesus as Savior, to follow you in Christian service, to become a, a member of this church, to follow you in believers' baptism, whatever the case might be, we pray that you would give them, Lord, the courage to step out. 
and to make that commitment in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.